Well, good morning. Welcome to church. Whether you have gathered here physically uh, with us today or whether you're joining us online, I'm glad you're here because today I'm going to show you something that we can all do. Thank you, Tim. Uh, and, uh, I'm going, to show, I'm going to show you something we can all do that will make our life and eternity better. And where have I found this? Well, I found it in the Bible. In particular, I found it in the Old Testament book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 7 and verse number 4. And we're going to read it, and before we do, I remind you that these words were written by Solomon, who just happened to be the wisest human being who ever lived. And what does he tell us we should do? Solomon says, a wise person thinks a lot about death. And I know what some of you just thought. You kidding me? You sure that's not a misprint? Huh? Shouldn't that read, a morbid person thinks a lot about death? Maybe a depressed person thinks a lot about death, or a, a frightened person thinks a lot about No, I believe that's the way it reads right out of the Bible. A wise person thinks about death. That's not the exact way he worded it, is it? A wise person thinks a lot about death. Got to be honest with you, I don't typically do that. So I guess that makes me unwise. What about you? <laughs> so Solomon is encouraging us to act wisely. Why would it be wise to stop and often think about death. I'm going to offer three reasons. One, death is certain, but it's also very uncertain. Death is certain. I know how our stories end. Uh, we're born, we live, and we, we die. We're all going to die. As a matter of fact, there's a verse in the New Testament book of Hebrews, chapter 9, verse 27, and this is the way it reads in the New Living Translation. This is what it says. Every one of us is destined to die. <laughs> there's our destiny. The King James Version reads like this. It's appointed unto man once to die, which means that each and every one of us has an appointment with death. So somewhere in God's big record books, he's got a list of our names, and probably over to the side of our name, there's a date and a time when we will die. That's the time of our appointment. And this is an appointment you can't postpone. This is an appointment you can't break. I can't either. Uh, this is an appointment that we're all going to keep. Death is certain. It's just a part of life, right? But death is so uncertain. 
Here's the deal. For some reason, God has chosen not to disclose to us the date and time of our death. He won't tell us when our appointment is. Now, I know what some of you think. You think, well, I'm young or I'm healthy. So for me, I may not know the exact date and time, but it's somewhere way out there. Did you know that Solomon also wrote the book of Proverbs? And in Proverbs chapter 27, verse 1, he said this, Nobody has the promise of tomorrow. Did you know that? For all we know, and this is not preacher hype, preacher talk, I'm not asking you to do any, you know, to give an offering here today, or do, I'm not, you know what I'm saying? I'm just telling you, for all you and I know, next to our name is the date December the 6th, 2020. For all we know, our appointment is scheduled for today. Truth is, Young people die every day. Healthy people die every day. One of the reasons it would be so wise to often think about death is because death is both certain and uncertain. Number two, death is not the final step. Death is actually just the next step. There are people who believe that when you die, you just cease to exist. One of my all-time favorite movies is the movie Dead Poet Society, starring Robin Williams. And I remember at the outset of the movie, he gathers his students around, and he shows them all these guys who have, have gone before them who are already dead, and he said, you know what they are now? They're food for worms. You know what he's saying? They're dead, they're gone, they cease to exist. Guys, listen to me, listen to me. That's just not true. When we die, we don't cease to exist. We just cease to exist here. Death is the portal or the passageway that leads us to another place where we will spend all of eternity. Luke chapter 16 describes the death of two different men. One man, when he died, the angels literally carried him into the presence of God where he was blessed forever. The other man lost consciousness on this earth, and when he gained consciousness, when he opened up his eyes... He was separated from God, and he proceeded to suffer for all eternity. And when we die, death is going to carry us to one of those two environments forever. Death's not the final step, but it is indeed the next step. Third reason. Thinking about death is not a waste of our time. Thinking about death will prevent us from wasting time. If I ask you this morning, why, if you're like me and you don't think a lot about death, why not? Some of you would say this, I just think that I'd rather be busy living than thinking about dying. I just think that sitting around thinking about death would be a complete waste of time. I think the opposite is true. Listen, when we think about death, we're going to learn a couple of things. We're going to learn, first of all, that life is short. James, in the New Testament book of James, said he compared life to a vapor. He said, man, it's here and then gone. 
Job in the Old Testament, an Old Testament book that bears his name said that my days fly by swifter than a weaver's shuttle. Do you know what that means? I didn't know what that meant, so I'm sharing this verse with my wife who is crafty. She sews, she quills, and, she, and I said, this is what Job said about life. My days fly by swifter than a weaver's shuttle. And she went like this, Beverly, she went, made the noise. I said, what was that? She said, that's how quickly a weaver moves the shuttle and moves the yarn. Boom, boom. You know what Job is saying? Life's not only short, it goes by in a hurry. I remember when Lynn and I were dating in high school, and we went to Six Flags Over Georgia with some friends. En route, I, I disclosed to them I'd never been to an amusement park. Well, immediately the light bulb went on over their head. They said, so you've never been on a roller coaster? I said, no, never. They said, well, there's one down here called the Scream Machine. And we think you'd enjoy riding it. Okay. So they made sure, I mean, even if they had to move people, that Lynn and I ended up in the front seat. Right? So they locked us in, and, and we start the ascent, 105 feet. You go up 105 feet. Anybody ever ridden it, by the way? Am I talking to people who know what I'm talking about? Scream machine. At one time, the highest, fastest, longest roller coaster in the world. So we start up 105 feet, and I'll tell you what, we're barely moving. The, the, you know, you can hear the chain clicking, click, 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 click. You go up, so you're looking at the skyline of Atlanta. I'm thinking, this is breathtaking. This is beautiful. <laughs> I am digging this. I don't know what the hype was about. This is, I mean, I'm soaking in every moment, right? So we get to 105 feet, and we go kind of over, and you look down. You're looking down 105 feet into a pool of water. And, baby, they let the brakes off. 60 miles an hour, we dropped 90 feet I couldn't see anything. I didn't see the skyline of Georgia. You know, all I saw was death coming to me in a hurry. Riding a screen machine reminds me of my life. Up to the age of 40, we just clicked along. Every, you just had time to soak everything in, man. You're watching, you know, your life and observing. And then all of a sudden, 40 came and somebody knocked the brakes off. The next thing I know, my kids are grown. My grandkids are grown. I walked into the bathroom, looked in the mirror, and there's an old man looking back at me. And I wondered, how did this happen? <laughs> when did this happen? When we stop and think about death, we realize life is short and it goes by in a hurry. And you know, what it'll, you know what it'll cure? Procrastination. Putting things off that we should have done a long time ago. Listen, when we realize that life is short and it's moving by in a hurry, I tell you what we'll do. We'll stop substituting the urgent for the important. We will stop prioritizing what's temporary over what's eternal. So no, I don't think it's a waste of our time. I think it keeps us from wasting time. Now when we, when we think about death, we think about it often. We, learn, we realize death is certain and it's uncertain and death's not the, fin the, the final step, just the next step. We realize that life is short and it's moving in a hurry. You know what I believe we'll do? I think we'll act wisely. I think it'll motivate us to act wisely. 
Here's what I think we'll do. I think we'll prepare for death. Knowing that it's coming and we don't know when. I think we'll prepare for it. And I think there are two things that we'll do. Number one, we'll make things right with God. Because actually, that's what's going to determine the pathway that death takes you. It's going to determine which of those two places that you go. It's going to determine where you spend eternity and the condition you spend eternity in is whether or not you make things right with God here. You ask, well, how do you do that? I, I got good news. It's easy. You know why it's easy? Because Jesus did the hard work so that it would be easy for us. He went to a cross. He assumed complete responsibility for every sin that we ever committed and then received the punishment that should have been directed toward us. In doing that, he made a way whereby Every one of us could make things right with God. You know what all we got to do now? We believe that he did that, and we believe it to the degree that we're winning, willing to depend on him and everything he accomplished on the cross. That's it. I'll I, I put it like this. Here's how, we, here's how we make things right with God. We put our faith in Jesus. That's easy. But there's a second thing we'll do other than making things right with God. We'll make things right with people. You say, what do you mean by that? There's some incidents that happened to us sometime back. And we refuse to let them go. If you make things right with people, you'll let them go. There's some people that did us wrong and hurt us. And here's what, if you want to make it right with people, let them off the hook. How do you let these incidences go how do you let these people off the forgiveness make things right with people there may be relationships that are strained maybe you're even estranged from estranged from some very important people in your life making things right with people means that you're going to do your best you're going to do your part to patch things up and make those things right so that when you leave this earth you've done everything you can to live at peace with your fellow man So wisely, we prepare for death by making things right and with God and making things right with people. So in light of all this, what am I hoping that we will do? I'm hoping that each and every one of us will act wisely. As we leave here today, I want us to understand something. The clock is ticking. And we got an appointment we got to keep. And I'll just bet you that I'm talking to some people who just like me have got some things you've needed to do for a long time. And you just keep putting them off, assuming there'll be a tomorrow. Assuming that the people maybe you need to make things right with are going to be around tomorrow. How do we know that? Here's what I'm saying. We need to start today making a list of the things we need to do, the situations we need to let go of, the people we need to forgive, the, the relationships we need to try to repair. And I'll tell you what we do. We start today. Understanding there may not be a tomorrow. There might, might not be a 2021 for us to take care of these things. We do it. 
we make things right with people. That's what I'm hoping that we would do. And I'm not telling you anything you didn't know before you came into this building. All I'm doing is, is affirming. God is using me to affirm what you knew to do before you walked in here. Fix this. Do your best. Do your part to fix it. And then the second thing is, if you're sitting here or you're watching online and, and you haven't made things right with God, you can take care of that right now. I'm telling you right now. I'm going to ask that everybody in the room bow your head and close your eyes just to create a privacy. And if you're watching online, I, I don't know if you can do that right now. Maybe you're sitting in a room full of people and you need to come back and do this later. I, I just don't know. But I do believe this. I'm speaking to someone and you've never made things right with God. But you know the timing is right. You know it's the right thing for you to do. And this is the right time to do it. You ask Ronnie, what, what should I do right now? I'd offer us a prayer, a very simple prayer to God right here, right now. Just in the privacy of your mind and your heart, I'd pray something like this. God, I admit to you that over the course of my life, I've done a lot of things that were wrong. And I'm so sorry. But, as of this very moment, I'm turning my life over to you. For the remainder of the time I've got, with your help, I want to live for you. I believe when Jesus was dying on the cross, he was dying for me. I believe that what he accomplished through his death and resurrection is enough for my salvation. And I'm dependent on it. For Jesus' sake, I'm asking you to forgive me and save me. Amen. I, I, I know what some of you are thinking. Is that it? Uh, I told you it was easy because Jesus did the hard part. It's that simple. So here we go, guys. Going forward, what we're going to do, often we're going to sit and contemplate on death so that we prepare ourselves for it. Thank you for being here. Thank you for watching. I'll catch you next time. You're free to go.